Welcome to 7-Minute Torah, an exploration of the weekly Torah portion. I'm Rabbi Micah Streifer. This podcast consists of about 7 to 10 minutes on the weekly parasha, hence the name 7-Minute Torah. Some weeks it's just me, and other weeks I'm in conversation with another rabbi or a Jewish thought leader. Thanks for listening. Welcome, everyone. I know you've all been waiting for the Torah portion that's about fashion and interior lighting. Well, wait no more, because it has arrived. This week we read from Tetzaveh. We're still at Sinai. We're going to be there for a while. Having received the Ten Commandments and other laws, having received the instructions on how to build the Mishkan, the portable sanctuary in the desert, the Israelites now receive further instructions about what to do with that sanctuary. And specifically in this Torah portion, we get a commandment to create a ner tamid, an eternal light. We then get instructions on what kind of clothing the priests should wear. And finally, we read about an inauguration ceremony, an installation ceremony for Aaron, who is the brother of Moses, who is to be the the high priest, and his sons, who are to serve as priests as well. One of the really interesting things about this portion is the detail that it spends on the clothing that the priests would wear. Moses is commanded to make six different pieces of clothing, a breastpiece, an ephod, which we don't exactly know what it is, a robe, a fringed tunic, a headdress of some sort, and a sash. And he's supposed to dress up his brother Aaron and the other priests, who are his nephews, so that they can perform sacred service. But what's equally interesting is that even though Moses is commanded to do all of this, his name is never mentioned. That makes this portion unique in the four latter books of the Torah. You may know that the Torah is referred to as the five books of Moses. And other than the book of Genesis, which is the opening of the Torah, Moses plays a really pivotal role. He goes to Pharaoh. He brings the people out of slavery. He brings them through the Red Sea. He brings them to Sinai carries down the laws, teaches them how to build a mishkan and how to perform a sacrifice, leads them through the wilderness. This is the story of Moses leading the people. And so it makes sense that he is mentioned over and over and over again. But where is Moses in this week's Torah portion? Why does his name not appear a single time? Well, it could be coincidence. I mean, it's possible that the writer of this chapter just didn't mention Moses, and it was to be understood that he was playing a pivotal role anyway. But you can imagine that the commentators aren't satisfied with that kind of answer. They come up with all kinds of different reasons. To learn a little more about this, I consulted my copy of the Torah commentary of Nechama Leibovitch. She was an Israeli 20th century Bible scholar, died in 1997, an Orthodox woman who taught at Tel Aviv University and at the Hebrew University in Jerusalem. And she was known for her study sheets, where she would bring together various commentators and teach lessons about the weekly Torah portion. In her study on this parsha, she suggests the following about why Moses' name is not mentioned. She writes, Perhaps the Torah wished in this way to give Aaron, his brother, all the publicity for a change. In other words, it had been a lot on Moses. Maybe it was just time to talk more about somebody else for a while. And she then brings a couple of commentaries who have other ideas, different ideas about it. This is from Rabbi Moshe Alshich. 
he suggests that Moses may have been upset by the lack of his name here. It says, picture his, Moses's enthusiasm and involvement with this historic venue to provide a sanctuary on earth for the presence of God. Contrast this with his keen disappointment when the command went forth, bring God an offering, appoint Bitzalel and Oholiab as the designers. And then came the turn of Aaron and his sons. They would officiate. Where was Moses in all this? So Rabbi Alshich suggests that this could have been upsetting to Moses to be excluded in all these ways. But my favorite of these three commentaries comes from a book called Midrashei HaTorah. It says that Moses wasn't concerned with his own name at all. Moses, our teacher in his meekness, strove in all these matters to enhance the glory and honor of Aaron. He carried out this delegation of authority, not as one commanded to do so, but rather wholeheartedly, as a true friend who puts himself at the disposal of his maker, even when his name is not mentioned. In other words, Moses wasn't in it for the glory. Moses was in it for the people, to bring them to freedom, to give them the Torah, to teach them the way of life that would become Judaism. He's not driven by glory or fame or renown, but rather by his mission. Now, I want to say here, I don't necessarily believe that Moses is a real historical figure. I'm not suggesting Moses actually lived and felt these ways. I'm suggesting instead that this is here to teach us a lesson, to teach us about the goodness of being driven by a mission, by the desire to make a difference. I think the Torah is suggesting that that's ultimately a better and more likely route to happiness than seeking accolades, seeking renown and fortune and fame. And I have two more related thoughts about that, which also relate to Moses. First is that, as you may know, there's another book where Moses' name is surprisingly excluded, and that's the Haggadah, the book that we use to tell the story of Passover, the story of the Exodus. That's really the story of Moses. I mean, he did so many of the things that were involved in getting the people out of slavery and into the wilderness. And yet, if you read a traditional Haggadah, it doesn't mention Moses. Now, I know we have all kinds of modern and interpretive Haggadot in our houses these days, and a lot of them do mention Moses, but the traditional Haggadah, not a single time, his name does not appear. And I think part of the point there, like here in our Torah portion, is that it's not about Moses. He wasn't there to have his name glorified and remembered. He was there to do the work of his mission. And it's a better story in a lot of ways when it's not about one guy, when it's about the people and the ways that they move from slavery to freedom. Which brings me to my last point, which is, if you remember, I mentioned at the very beginning that a lot of this Torah portion deals in quite a bit of detail with the clothing of the priests. It tells about the colors and the fabrics and the yarns and the various ways that the priests were dressed. And that's interesting as a matter of historical record. But if you look at Judaism today, it's almost not pertinent at all. The priesthood, which was an incredibly important institution, so much so that they were dressed up in these elaborate clothes, has all but ceased to exist in Judaism. We have little bits of it. We call a Kohen for the first Aliyah to the Torah, that kind of thing. But there is essentially no more priesthood. 
Judaism has evolved away from it. We don't need someone else to sacrifice or pray for us, to talk to God for us. We do that ourselves now through our own prayer and our own study and our own living of Torah. And that's why the clothing that's described in this Torah portion is no longer put on the priests, but rather on the Torah scroll. And the Torah scroll is, of course, the five books of Moses. So in the end, Moses, who is not mentioned at all in this portion, his ideas live on. His influence lives on. The hereditary highfalutin priesthood of ancient times that was often quite flashy and sometimes corrupt, it's gone. But the leader who was driven entirely by his mission, who wanted to do what was best for the people and didn't even care if his name was mentioned in this parsha, his ideas, his books, are continuing to shape our lives each and every day. So it's a bit of an unexpected message from a Parsha that's almost entirely about priesthood, that maybe the most inspirational leader in this story is the one who's not mentioned at all. And maybe it can impel us to think about what kind of a difference we'd like to make in the world. What is the mission that we see ourselves as having? And then to go out there and do what we can to bring it about. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Hey there, Rabbi Micah Streifer here. Have you checked out the conversation in our Facebook group? Just go to Facebook and search 7-Minute Torah Listen and Discuss. Then you can join the group and join the conversation. See you there.